Welcome to the Wait and Speak podcast. I'm your host, Rikweer Wait. In this episode, I speak with Mikhail Rutkalbad, a manager at KPMG Strategy Practice in Ireland. We discuss the impact of smart mobility on public transportation. And without further ado, here's the interview. Hi, Michal. Welcome on the Wait and Speak podcast. Hi, Rick. Thank you for uh, having me here. Michal, could you give us an overview of what does smart mobility entail, um, especially the whole idea around a smart mobility revolution era? So to answer the question, um, what is the smart mobility revolution? Uh, I will start with why the smart mobility revolution is uh, relevant and important for each of us. So actually, the world is really changing. Um, Urban areas are becoming more density populated as people move to urban centers. For example, according to the International Transport Forum, the ITEF, the total transport activity will more than double by 2050. And this is really requires us to rethink about allocating of the public space and the change in the way that we will accommodate more people. The private car, which was a great solution in the last century, becomes really a major problem in the present in this century. The combination of climate change, road congestion, and the information revolution have really paved the way for significant change uh, in the mobility sector. And this is why the smart mobility revolution is so important. If you want to fight the climate change, to reduce the road congestion and let people to get where they want to, to, uh, to in a convenient and efficient and affordable way, the smart mobility revolution really enables us to do all that. So when you ask what is the smart mobility revolution, so the new model that seems to dominate the current century is called mobility as a service, a mass. And it is a combination of shared electric connected uh, autonomous vehicles. So it's not longer about uh, the vehicle itself, but rather how people move from one place to another. Uh, owning a car will not be the only way to move around, but uh, only one option out of a variety of transport uh, uh, alternatives. So this is like the basics of the, the smart mobility revolution. Michael, you mentioned, um, you know, there are all these options with mobility as a service. Um, is public transport still relevant? Or will it still be relevant? What will the impact be? And are the um, opportunities for public transport um, in light of, of these new uh, options that are becoming available? To achieve mobility as a service, like uh, instead of owning a car, we will consume uh, the services, the, the transport uh, as a service. Um, to achieve all that, uh, we need to understand that public transport will remain core. It will be still very important also in the future. Um, actually, this will remain the most uh, effective way to move a massive number of people from place to place. Um, no autonomous air taxi or shared car will do what metro or underground uh, does uh, because high frequency and capacity are the core benefits um, of public transport when all uh, the other solutions as micro transit, you know, the, the shared vans uh, on demand or robot taxi are just uh, complementary to public transport. 
It is super important to integrate other solutions with public transport because public transport has its own weaknesses. Other solutions can really provide tailor-made uh, alternatives to people who want to move uh, faster in a more convenient uh, way or in times where the public transport service is limited or in cases uh, of rural places. Uh, but yeah, public transportation really remains a core also in the smart mobility revolution in the, and in the mass uh, mobility as a service uh, model. And there are a few trends that are really interesting, like uh, we see changes in planning the trips in public transport, real-time data that uh, is available for passengers, variety of payments methods, different ways, ways to manage the efficiency of uh, public transportation, and also uh, new vehicles in public transportation, like the Hyperloop. Um, and maybe last and very important is the combination with other modes of transport, especially with the first last mile solutions like uh, electric e scooters and on-demand shuttles. It sounds like all of these alternative options are all there um, in support of public transport and then public transport itself is also undergoing change in terms of technology being used. It's, it's carbon footprint. Are there specific new technologies um, that you could mention around public transport and innovation taking place in that space? Yeah, uh, we don't have the whole day to, <laughs> to talk about technologies because really I can uh, talk about that uh, for very long. So I will choose just uh, like maybe the most important. I don't know how old our listeners, so I guess that at least the Part of them had the terrible experience in the past of looking at the print and charts uh, that provide the, the public transportation uh, schedule. Uh, because in the past, you had to invest a lot of time just in planning your journey uh, by public transportation. And uh, it was really difficult. You had to like read maps and uh, always get confused uh, by those uh, charts. So, so mm -hmm. this is completely change and uh, this paved the way for further changes in the public tra transportation. So for example, the first change is uh, the seamless uh, ticketing where the smart card of public transport becomes already an history. And it's funny because there are still countries that uh, are working on the technologies of the smart card uh, in public transport when it really becomes irrelevant. So the seamless ticketing is um, is really about the, the rise of uh, contactless uh, payments in transport. Uh, it, it is made possible of using a RFID, um, which is a radio frequency identification, and the NFC, the near field communication. And this shift from cash to um, to pre-purchase uh, tickets uh, to digital payments has provided seamless travel on public transport services, and it is encouraging more commuters to use them. Digital payments actually make payments process uh, efficient and less prone to human error. Uh, they reduce the need uh, for ticket booths, uh, production of plastic and paper tickets, uh, human resources, and dwell time. Uh, so actually, the bus or the train just the, the, the stop uh, the, the time to stop uh, really um, get shorter. Um, another technology change in public transport is the public transport on demand that becomes really popular, uh, which means that instead uh, that you will fit yourself to the public transport, the public transport fits itself to you. 
in this service, you can order a ride by a microtransit, uh, like a van, um, and it will come to pick you up together with other people uh, that take the same route at the least part of your journey. It becomes really, really popular around the world, and we can uh, see that uh, this service uh, started pilots and commercial phase in, in many, many developed uh, cities. I would say that it, it is uh, most applicable uh, where there is insufficient demand for uh, frequent and uh, direct mass transit uh, transit solution. For example, in uh, urban areas uh, where you need to switch different buses uh, or in times that the public transport is limited and instead of having empty buses during the night hours, for example, uh, it is more economic to provide public transport on demand. Also in uh, rural places where the frequency is usually low, then you can provide a really good service if you add uh, public transport on demand uh, to reinforce uh, the existing uh, service. And of course, if uh, <laughs> there are some places with no uh, public transportation service at all, so uh, actually having uh, public transport uh, on demand when you can just uh, order the, the, the rides that you need can can be really good. Another um, another trend is, um, I would say that uh, there is like a, a company called VIA that it, and it provides uh, services on demand and it's already operating in 35 countries. Um, in America, Europe, Asia, so the, this company really um, comes to more and more cities uh, recently. Um, another trend is the journey pl uh, planning according to real-time data, uh, and this is a huge change. Um, actually, we have this technology for almost a decade, uh, but it is uh, evolving all the time. It means that pa uh, planning a journey by public transport becomes easier and much more accurate than before. The data is based on real-time data, which means that uh, if the bus is late from some reason or even uh, if the ride is canceled, the passenger is informed uh, and doesn't need to wait uh, at the station and wonder why the bus is not coming. It is extremely important when you combine several transport uh, together. Let's say uh, if you take a bus to the train. So today you are no longer need to plan each of the of the rides separately. Um, I can give, ex for example, a company called Move It, uh, and it operates in more than 100 um, countries. Uh, it serves more than uh, 3,500 cities and there's more, more than uh, 800 million users. And with this app, you can plan your journey in some places. Uh, for example, in Israel, you can also uh, pay for the public transportation um, uh, when, when you're just doing the planning. Another um, another trend is the uh, active traffic signal priority, um, or maybe I'll be more specific, uh, active transit uh, signal priority, what is called the TSP. Uh, it means that if a city wants to prioritize public transport or pedestrians over private cars, uh, then it can give um, it priority to add the traffic lights, uh, so it will get what is called a green wave. The system detects uh, transit vehicles uh, as they approach uh, an intersection and adjusting the signal timing dynamically to improve service uh, for the transit uh, vehicle.
Yes, yeah, so in other words, the moment the traffic lights identified that a bus is coming, it will change the light to, to green or will make it a, a, a longer green. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it is more, uh, more complicated than that uh, because usually there are buses coming from different directions. So uh, it's a more sophisticated uh, uh, system. And, and those systems are already embedded in a few, in few cities. Uh, Dublin is a great example. Zurich, Jerusalem, there are many cities that uh, start to, uh, to have this um, technology. And of course, uh, two more technologies in public transport that are quite obvious is uh, electric public transport and autonomous uh, public transport. Um, so for electric uh, public transport, uh, China uh, is actually the one that started the, the revolution almost a decade ago. Uh, but now the rest of the world is uh, doing the transition. Uh, in Europe, we see that electric bus registration uh, increased by 48% uh, in the last year. And each year, we, we just see a similar increase. So uh, it is really changing. Just to note that still 98% of the electric buses are deployed in China. So wow. although the numbers uh, here in Europe are really changing, uh, most of the fleets definitely uh, exist in China. And electric public transport is extremely um, important because bus is a very polluting vehicle and people actually inhale all this pollution. Mm. Um, so first, it's important for the health of the people and also for the efforts to, to fight the climate change. Uh, and it's not, uh, not easy at all uh, because the transition... Um, to electric uh, public trans- uh, transportation requires not only a lot of investments, uh, which is obvious, but it is also a technical challenge uh, to create uh, the infrastructure uh, for the charging and managing the fleets, uh, because managing electric buses uh, fleets is much more complicated than uh, managing uh, diesel buses. Mm-hmm. Um, in Europe, uh, Netherlands is the leader of electric bus adoption. Um, already in uh, 2020, uh, 10% of the fleet in the Netherlands was uh, already electrified. And maybe the last uh, trend that I will talk about will be autonomous public transport, which is like the hottest trend in the uh, uh, lately, uh, which means just driverless uh, shuttles. And we can see that a few pilots have already conducted in several cities uh, as France and uh, Norway. Um, Commercial uh, autonomous public transport-based services on a large scale are still quite far. I don't know to say in how many years it will happen, but we can see that it's still far. Uh, But the way together uh, becomes really um, more clear. Um, there is a project called um, Fabulous, which is uh, EU-funded and, uh, launch, uh, and it launched pilots uh, of uh, autonomous public uh, transport in five cities in Europe, uh, including Helsinki, uh, a city in Norway, a city in Estonia, in Greece and uh, in the Netherlands. Um, and there is like a huge project called the uh, Show, uh, which is also financed by the European Commission uh, by Horizon 2020 project, and it includes uh, 20 European cities. 
Uh, and this project will deploy all kinds of autonomous vehicles, including uh, buses, shuttles, taxis, uh, shared cars, and, uh, and cargo. Um, for the regulation, France is the first country in Europe that has approved fully autonomous bus for driving on public road. Because usually uh, what we see now, it's not on public roads. It's about uh, designated uh, places where they can move. But in France, uh, the government um, approved the bus to go, uh, to go on public uh, road. And this bus, uh, this specific bus that operates in France is E10. It operates at level uh, four of uh, autonomous, which means uh, that there is no human overseer on board. And it, it is quite amazing. I myself had uh, the, the opportunity to take a shuttle, autonomous shuttle. Uh, and it's a great experience. It's really feel like living in the future. I can and... imagine. Mikaldin, Looking at shared mobility and, and examples like Uber and Lyft, we, we spoke about the impact on, on public transport, but is it, is it a big substitute for public transport? Um, is it more a supportive role? Could you give us more context around the role of, of these types of mobility services and public transport? Yeah, so <laughs> this is a huge, huge question and... Uh, uh, many many people think differently on this uh, on this topic. I see it as public transportation is actually one way of shared transportation. So I don't see a, a big um, difference among pu- uh, public transport and shared transportation. It's uh, quite the same. Um, and the alternatives of uh, shared transportation are are for my point of view, are very important. Um, it is more important to have complementary services of shared transportation uh, where the public, uh, where and when the public transportation is limited. Uh, and this is actually almost, almost always the, the case that uh, the public transportation is, uh, is limited. Um, because public transportation is a, is a public good and it is heavily subsidized uh, everywhere. Um, shared mobility is extremely important in suburbs at hours that the public transportation is limited, especially in at the evenings and nights, uh, and for first and last mile. Um, uh, for example, if you want to get to the train, so in in some places it's a, there, there is no bus or, or another service, so Uber or Lyft or any ride hailing uh, service can can really fit that. Um, when we are speaking about mobility as a service, uh, we actually say that owning a car is only one way out of, uh, out of many to move uh, from one place to another. But once a person doesn't use the private car or doesn't even own a, a private car, all solutions become relevant. So people who uh, use uh, use shared mobility like Uber or Lyft are tend also to use more public transportation. Uh, the, the the mission that we should have is just to decrease the number of of the cars and the use of the the private uh, the private the private car. Um, shared mobility is ride hailing, uh, which is what, what is called for Uber and Lyft might in some cases be a substitute for public transport, but this is not, um, that, I don't think it's a good reason to, to ban these services. 
usually those uh, services are banned from two major reasons. One is the the powers that the taxi ri- drivers have, uh, and the fears that the when you let uh, those services uh, to penetrate, then the demand for uh, regular taxes will, will decrease. And the other one is uh, that uh, the fears that the demand uh, for public transport uh, will decrease. So for the first reason, I really would like to have more uh, professional decision makers that will see the benefit of the society and not only the, the benefit of small group of uh, taxi drivers, because there is a way to give them uh, subsidies or, or other uh, incentives uh, that uh, they will not uh, get hurt a lot. And for the second reason, I, I'm a really big believer in competition. If we want to take care of the um, decrease in demand um, for public transport, so I think the government just should provide a better public transport service. Uh, and I think it's a good thing that there will be a competition among uh, shared transportation and public transport because uh, this is a real engine uh, to improve and for the public to demand a better uh, public transportation service. Who do you see leading the change? Um, would it be private companies, government, or um, public, the public who want better accessibility in terms of getting these new solutions out to the public? The way to achieve a better service in public transport uh, and to achieve all what we talked about in mobility as a service um, is a close cooperation among the government, the private sector, companies and the public all together. I think that the public uh, should really demand a better service from the government in cases that the public transport is not good enough. And the government from its side should look for alternatives and explore financing and subsidizing new solutions um, that will ensure better quality of service. And it uh, means that uh, also adding shared, uh, shared mobility solutions. And not less important um, to say the, the accurate regulation that will promote the growth and the variety of solutions uh, for the benefit of the public. because. Sometimes the government, not only that it doesn't subsidize or, or giving incentives, sometimes it's also setting a regulations that they really make the private sector um, difficult to, uh, to act. And it's also important that the government uh, will accept a certain level of risk. You know, new solutions sometimes come with, with a higher level of risk and also to be open-minded for new solutions and to change the regulation according to the things that are changing. And of course, the companies themselves, that a lot of successes uh, of the success in hinder ends um, because if the government will set the right regulation and even give the right uh, subsidies and the public uh, will give uh, give it, it uh, the trust but uh, but at the last <laughs> the service uh, by the private companies will not be good uh, then we, then we will have a problem but if i i think that if all the players are working together um it's the, the potential for good service uh, is much uh, much higher, and then uh, we can really achieve more accessibility 
uh, more sustainability because people will move from private car to public transportation, also equality um, and just a high quality of transportation. Uh, so it really depends of the, the level of cooperation among uh, all the players together. Mm-hmm. So collaboration between stakeholders is definitely the key takeaway there to, to drive it forward. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And Michal, looking into the future in terms of um, what public transport may look like, um, what technologies, we've spoken about technologies, but what new things, would need, what new um, innovations may be implemented? Um, do you have any thoughts, let's say, in the next 10, 20 years, what, what might happen within the space of public, trans- public transport? We know that the public transport uh, will be electrified. We assume uh, that most of it will be autonomous um, and also connected with the infrastructure. Uh, And for sure, it will be more accurate and reliable. Uh, So it will be um, really better for for, for the people to move from private cars to, to public transport. Um, I predict that uh, we will still have uh, mass transit uh, as a core way to move people such as metro, trains and buses, Uh, but complementary solutions uh, such as uh, shuttles on demand uh, will be part of the public transportation uh, uh, service uh, as well. Um, I, I really hope that the ownership of private cars uh, will decrease and instead we will consume transport as a service and we will have the flexibility to choose uh, what will be our best way to move around uh, in each specific travel. So it's really based on, uh, on different uh, parameters, uh, where you, you want to go, what's the cost, what is the weather, what is your physical condition. Um, and other preferences that, that you have, so it can really change um, uh, the decision of what uh, what transport uh, mode uh, mode to take. Um, we will also have uh, another mode of transport, uh, such as air mobility, uh, and this is really amazing, like air taxi, air shuttles, etc. Um, and this will increase the alternatives uh, of how we we move really dr- dramatically. Um, I think the travels, all travels, no matter if it's in public transport or private services, uh, will be planned in one ap- application uh, that the rider would also see real-time data uh, that relates to the to the travel and also pay through this uh, this application. You, you will not have different applications for train and buses and, and all, all modes, but they will be all implemented in one application, also with services uh, of uh, private services such as uh, electric scooters. Mm-hmm. Um, so in short, I really predict uh, for the public transport in 20 or 30 years to be more accurate, flexible, customer-oriented, uh, more convenient, uh, how you plan and play the, the journey. Um, and uh, of course, it will be linked. The public transportation will be linked to other services. Um, so this is what I think. That, that sounds wonderful. I hope we can bring it forward a few years and closer to, closer to the present. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and with that in mind, Michael, lastly, to wrap up, are there um, good example countries um, 
which have advanced public transport already implemented and that are a good example to look at? Yes, yeah, so different cities have different advantages uh, because, as we said, for example, in China, you can see more electric uh, buses and in some places more autonomous shuttles. But I would mention Helsinki in Finland um, that uh, deployed a, that have the, a company called Mass Global. Uh, it has a, um, an application called the WIM. And it all this application combines all transport modes, uh, including public transport, of course, uh, but also e-scooters, uh, TNCs like uh, Uber and Lyft, uh, shared bicycles, like all the kinds of um, uh, if if you want to rent a car. Uh, so the users can really pay a weekly or monthly fee uh, according to what uh, transport modes they take. And this really makes life easier for the com- commuters and for the riders because they can really change the way they move according to what they prefer on that moment. So let's say one time they will take the metro and another time they will take a bus or, or a train or electric scooter. So um, it's, it's a really good example of how it should work. And actually, this, this company already operates in, a, in other places like uh, Belgium and Austria and also in the UK, in the Midlands, uh, in Japan. Um, and, and they already wrote like uh, 20 million trips. Uh, also, London is a good example of uh, good transportation. I know there is a lot of road congestion also in London, but uh, but it's very advanced in uh, in terms of smart mobility, and um, there is a lot of going on. And um, and who leads that is the uh, is the uh, transport for London, like the authority itself, uh, and it really lets the the private companies also to operate and there is an application city mapper uh, that it deploys the transport option um, and it is very popular in london uh, so there are different places around the world that uh, with really good uh, examples and we can see more and more um, mobility as a service application um, that people actually use mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Mikhail, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and um, it's uh, been a great overview of public transport and peering into the future, um, some exciting developments there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rick. It was really my pleasure. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, happy listening.